How do you understand your company's reputation as an employer? Metrics vary from company to company, making it hard to benchmark your progress against competitors. This is where the Employer Brand Index comes in. It analyzes what employees, candidates, and alumni are saying about your company and quantifies these findings into a single score. We can even dive into your talent competitors to really understand how competitive your employer brand is. Our team of talent analysts collect all available data points, discover patterns, and deliver a report full of insights and recommendations. Want to know more? Go to employerbrandindex.co. Hey, Sans Vason, it's Jürgen Sundberg here with the Employer Branding Podcast by Link Humans London's Employer Branding Agency. Today, we're going to talk to a uh, one of the biggest uh, utility companies in the world, and uh, specifically in their UK operations, how they manage employer brand. And I should add that this uh, recording was made in person in our office in uh, North London, and um, it was actually my fault. I moved the time of this, so it came to 5 p.m. on a Thursday afternoon, which happens to coincide with beers and pizzas. Yes, every Thursday we get that at the office. So it's gonna be a little bit loud in the background at times, but uh, we thought we'll, we'll keep it real, we'll keep it authentic, just like a real great employer brand should be. Let's start the show. Neil Daly, how are you doing? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Yes, I'm good and delighted to be here. Um, and yeah, very excited about having this this conversation. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, yes. Great. So tell our listeners, please, uh, who you are, what you do, and what brings you on this podcast. Okay. I am Neil Daly. I am the Employer Brand Manager at EDF Energy. Um, and we have been, so my role was to come into the company and, and, and formulate uh, our, our, our employer brand and our EVP um, and we have met each other along that journey uh, yeah. on, on a number of occasions. And um, yeah, and, and I just felt great opportunity to kind of talk about what we've done um, and um, not remotely that we've got all the answers or we've nailed it or we've sorted it. But I think it's useful sometimes to um, be bold and throw your ideas out there to see if people either agree or don't agree, or think we're heading off in the wrong direction, or yeah, just interested to see what people think and feed back into this in terms of if we're wildly off kilter. Absolutely. And for our international listeners, mm. what is EDF Energy? Okay, good question. So EDF Energy um, is the UK arm of EDF, which is Electricity de France, which is by the very nature of what it is, it's a... Um, Initially, it was a, a French-based electricity generator and supplier. So um, we build and run predominantly nuclear power stations um, and generate the electricity and then sell that to, to uh, customers. Uh, we're now doing naturally an awful lot more in the renewable space. Um, globally, about 168,000 employees Wow. Um, and we're in predominantly Europe, um, but we are, uh, are also heavily now involved in China 
uh, quite a lot of work in South Africa, and we do some bits and pieces in America. Um, EDF Energy is the kind of the, the standalone PLC within the UK itself, um, and we've got about thirteen thousand um, uh, employees in the UK, um, and, and exactly the same model: generating and selling um, electricity. Great. Okay. So, talk to us about your employer brand strategy. Well, I mean, I think I don't think remotely that we're unique in the issue where we have a variety of people that we need to recruit yep. and retain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one of the things when 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 I first joined, they, they didn't have um, an employer brand, um, and, and at the time it was uh, this was about five six years ago. It was a a company that was in effect being created out of a number of different organizations who all had their own brand, um, all had their own identity, um, and all delivered very different things. Um, so EDF had, were, were creating them as one sort of unit and really trying to bring in a corporate brand around mm. this yeah. um, and be very much a kind of a recognizable um, corporate brand. Um, and as the company was moving forward, there was evidently a great deal needed when it came to recruitment. Um, and so we started to investigate an employer brand uh, and what would that mean for the company and what would that look like? And even at that point, there was a lot of pushback from the company who were still trying to create a corporate brand to say, well, hang on, what's an employer brand? We've got a brand. Yeah. yeah. You know, why, why do we need another one mm. when we're actually struggling to kind of create this in the first place? Um, so the strategy around it was really to kind of calm the nerves of an organization that was trying to create themselves as one unit, um, but explain that the people that we were talking to and engaging with and looking to recruit and attract were quite different from those that we were looking to fundamentally sell electricity to. Um, so we had to, the strategy was very much, and it worked well from a timing point of view, is, is, is working very closely with the corporate and consumer brand teams to understand where they were coming from, what their ethos was, and then really using that as a base for us to develop out our employer brand. Um, so that in effect, without kind of trotting out all the lingo and the jargon, you know, that, that it has very much the same DNA, um, but but what we did with it and the creature that we created from that DNA is fundamentally different to what the, uh, to what the consumer brand is. Um, and within that, we had a, a swathe of, of, of different people that we were looking to recruit into the business. We had everything from nuclear scientists all the way through to people working in call centers. Um, so very disparate in terms of the sort of people we were looking to recruit. Yeah. Um, and that's everything from experienced hires through to, um, through to uh, early careers. Um, and on average, we look to bring in a couple of thousand a year. Um, so the strategy was really to, to kind of understand, well, what was the need? Were there, were there any specific areas that we were, we were struggling? And what was the message that we wanted to be uh, putting forward to those people? And would that message differ depending upon the target audience that we were, we were looking to engage with? Um, but also, you know, the fact that it didn't stop. It, it wasn't just the recruitment tool. It wasn't just a way of, of creating a pretty ad to go in utility week magazine um not that we not that we kind of do that but um it it was really looking at you know it's far more than just an identity for us out there it was it was really well you know what is that proposition and why would people want to come here and then stay and 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 what are we actually looking at there 
Um, so it was really trying to understand internally of the people we had. Why did you know? Why do they work for us? What do they like about us? What they don't? And then, as as these things always work out, a lot of research, a lot of focus groups internally and externally, to try and land upon the essence of of what what we are. Um, yeah. So uh, now we're venturing into the EVP. Ah, sorry, yeah. sorry. So, which is my next question. But before that, I mm. just wanted to ask you because you mentioned that there were different entities that came together mm. as uh, uh, as EDF Energy. Did the um, did the employer brand, did I help to bring people together? Did it support your corporate brand or did it, was it confusing? No, I mean, I think, I think the essence of what is it compared to a corporate consumer brand, I think to start with, that was quite confusing on the face of it. Um, the more that we actually started to explain, because a lot of it, people just just thought employer brand. Well, what what is that? Yeah, and it was quite you know it was quite new in those days. It wasn't something that went oh we we've heard about that. This was back so, in um, it wasn't that long ago. It was back in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Um, so it almost gave us a chance, which was quite nice. It gave us a chance to explain why we were doing this and the need behind it. So being able to get in front of everybody from the main board through to the people who work there to explain what we were trying to do and why was a really great opportunity. Um, I think in terms of the, the, the kind of the, the issue you're asking about, what was it there to do? I mean, there was this issue that we had the, the very nature of, of, of what we do. Our power stations geographically tend to be pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yet we have call centers, in in the northeast of England, that that are on sort of industrial estates with other call centres. You know, they've got your, your T-Mobile. So there's kind of that community there, and very difficult to try and get that association of somebody working in a, a power station in a remote part of the southeast of England, feeling as if they're part of the same organisation of somebody who goes in and answers calls yeah, in, yeah, in Newcastle. Yeah. That kind of they're selling what they create. Uh, it, that that kind of joined up story wasn't there. People didn't have that sense of understanding or belonging into one entity. Um, and I think trying to create that sort of one EDF energy was very much something that we were looking to try and, and bring together, to try and create that identity. Um, and, and that was quite an internal piece, really, to start with, was... Yeah. Um, you know, how, how do you make somebody who's on a night shift in a power station feel as if they're the same as somebody who works for a legal department in a glossy building in London or a call centre in Newcastle? So, mm -hmm. you know, that was some of the issues that we, we were looking to face in, in that respect. Um, not that people felt hugely unengaged or disengaged with the company, but it was quite specific in terms of they felt very much part of their own entity, their own office, their own power station, and not necessarily part of one company. Yeah, so yeah. that was a challenge that we had to look to face. Yeah, which, which is a common challenge for especially companies that grow through acquisition, I think, then people are still more loyal to the badge, the, or the yeah. consumer brand that they still represent and, uh, and that culture. And it's, uh, yeah, the tricky one. But let, let's uh, fast forward to mm. the EVP then. Mm. So uh, you did this research and uh, what did you uh, land on? What is the people promise and is it, does it still ring true? I think, very good question in terms of does it still, still ring true? And I'll come to that. In terms of, in terms of what it was, <laughs> they're obviously very pleased with that. With that. So they're, they're excited waiting for that part of the conversation, but they're going to have to wait. Um, 
I, I think almost first and foremost, the issue that we had, we still have, is that we don't really have a tangible product. Yeah. Not that you necessarily need that from an employer brand, but we don't have something. If we were going out to a careers fair or something, you know, we don't have something that you can touch or wear or eat or, or somebody goes, oh, this, is, this feels different to that. Yeah. You, know, you go into a building, you turn a light on, and you don't go, oh, look at that. You know, that that's better than Scottish and Southern electricity. Or so. it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd one. So, so what we had to really push for and what we looked at was ensuring that our people were the embodiment of our brand. So that if anybody came into contact with an individual from the company, that they got that essence of, of, of who we were. Um, so we really kind of put people at, at front and center um, of, of who we were as an organization. Um, now, that's not necessarily um, you know, groundbreaking in, in itself, but we, we just wanted to try and look at, off the back of what we were doing from the consumer point of view, we, we, were, we were calling it feel better energy. Um, and that was coming out of, a, of something where we were trying to differentiate ourselves from the other sort of big six energy companies out there. So we were looking to do it from a, uh, an organization with a lot more purpose, uh, perhaps, than, than, than some of the others. Um, and so we were trying to bring that out very much into our EVP in terms of, well, what does that mean from a person point of view? How can you get a, a better experience? Yeah. Um, how can you get a, a, a better understanding of the organization through our people? So we were very much from that outset looking at that authentic use of individuals within the organization to tell their own story. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than have some sort of top-down, um, this is us as a company, was very much thinking, well, we have many different stories to tell within the organization. We have different challenges and different needs. Let's get those people to, to talk about them um, yeah. themselves. But there was still this fundamental need to do it with, I suppose, one tone of voice. Um, so we, we did try and ensure that we were talking in a, in a very sort of positive, engaging, and again, not groundbreaking, but from our point of view, we were kind of starting from, from ground zero in that respect. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to have that sort of positive, engaging, authentic tone of voice. Um, and, uh, and that, that, that went on and, and it was, we, we, we had this, um, this kind of opportunity where, it was around the fact that, you know, if, why would someone come and work for us than a, another organization? Um, and, and it really was this kind of, we landed upon almost a duality, a, a, a kind of a trade-off or a contract, a people contract yeah. of, you know what, if you, if you come and do good stuff for us, we'll do good stuff for you. Mm-hmm. So it was this, almost this do good, feel good um, kind of ethos that we, that we landed upon. Um, so is that the tagline? Well, it's an interesting point because we don't actually, we never had a tagline. Ah, okay. Um, because, you know, I, I don't feel that either an employer brand or, uh, or an EVP in itself um, should have a, a kind of a, a tagline or a strap line. We kind of moved away from that because I think it would, it's a, happy for others to disagree, it's a bit restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you kind of constantly boxed into, well, it has to relate to that. So we came up with this, with this almost like a duality. So as long as somebody did one thing, we would do something else. Gotcha. Um, and we could build that out. Yeah. Um, so whether it was around career development, um, we could ensure that people felt fulfilled. So if they did good for us, we would, we would make sure that they were fulfilled. So it was kind of, you could, you could turn the contract around each time. 
Um, it, that might be through that might be through kind of learning. That might be through career development. It might be extra training. Um, so there were ways that you could kind of segment that. We looked at um, at, at fulfillment as well. Um, and in terms of just trying to create these these points of difference or, or almost kind of being being supported, because I think that was something else. You know, we have a lot of people who, yes, work within offices, but also do a lot of work either out and about on their own. And so this kind of supporting, you know, we're there as an organization uh, as one to, to support and look after people. And it gave us a bit of wiggle room to depending upon either the message that we were putting across, whether it was the imagery that we were using with it. Um, it, it gave us that ability to to kind of flex it. Uh, all of our, our our headlines in whether that was job ads or, or or internal or external documents was very much the we do something for you, you do something for us. This kind of duality that we've we've kept on. So yeah, so let's let's move on to the into the activation. So what the the uh, EVP would look like mm. uh, online and in other places. So I'm thinking now. So would it be sort of like one corporate message and one. Uh, individual message so like they both come together sort of i mean i think it, it's the we i mean there are corporate messages within it but it's always led by the people yep. so so we we've ensured that um and, and i th- and i think in that in that factor so yeah so how would it look like and what was the activation it is all employee led mm-hmm. um but i think that there's always a danger that visually you can have an employee but message wise it can sound too much like we've just pulled out a corporate quote and and put in a speech bubble with somebody um so we would actually go around and and talk to people and and capture quotes and capture information and yes they were made aware of what we were trying to talk about and what we were trying to achieve so you know we could shine it through a corporate lens but we had to ensure that in effect we were getting people to through their own words talk about whether they were feeling trusted, supported, fulfilled by us as an organization, and what did that mean for them? So we wouldn't necessarily say so-and-so feels fulfilled because, and then put the quotes in. We would just get them to talk about fulfillment or trust or supporting themselves in, in that respect. Um, so it wasn't explicit in that way, um, and and I doubt it was something that sort of landed through you know you wouldn't gonna go oh it's another one of those Mm. i think if people laid them all out and looked at the suite of materials that we created you would clearly see uh this this kind of consistent messaging going through um but they were individual enough that on their own they sounded transparent authentic um real and and that was something that we were looking to um to, to put forward Great. And uh, where did you activate this and where did you f- find a, a good good bang for your buck? So, I mean, again, a lot of it was, a lot of it was quite, again, it was quite disparate because I think first and foremost, we had to start internally. So it was the yeah. career, we, we redid the career. I mean, it, luckily it was a time when we were redoing the entire company website. So we, we built it out on the careers website first and foremost. Um, and when, so this was again, 2013 kind of onwards, we were still doing probably too much um, print uh, media. Um, and we were trying to pull away from that, A, because we, we kind of needed to, and it wasn't providing the bang for the buck that we needed. But obviously other avenues were open. Social media was really starting to come into its own from a recruitment point of view. Yeah. From our, from our issue, one of, one of the problems that we had, slightly off topic, but um, we being a, 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 an energy company, being a nuclear energy company, 
our main board, probably quite rightly, are, are, they're quite risk averse. Um, so everything has to be really considered in terms of, is this the right thing for us as an organization? Um, social media, quite clearly, gives anybody a voice to say what they would like to whom. Yeah. Um, and there were quite a lot of people out there who didn't particularly like nuclear power. Mm. Um, and there was a concern that if, so what I wanted to do was start to activate us as an organization uh, on social media and make people aware of us that way. Um, and that was a, 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 a difficult situation that we had to get through. People were very uh, aware that we might be, in their words, might be engaging with people and, and they might be asking us difficult questions. Yeah, yeah. But that gave me the opportunity to say, well, but that's surely what we want. You know, if they're talking about us anyway, we should be out there engaging with them and perhaps, if needing be, putting some of their thoughts differently, correcting some of their facts, agreeing with them, disagreeing with them, but, but engaging with them. Um, so we eventually moved into that area. So uh, it took a while, but a, a specific careers Facebook page, obviously LinkedIn, uh, Twitter at the time were the kind of the main ones that we looked at. Um, and yes, we engage differently on those platforms as you do. Um, and most of it, they're, they're, they're loving this, they're loving my work. Um, really what we were looking at um, was was really trying to provide a deeper insight into who we were. Because it's one thing to kind of say, you know, join us and do this job. But a lot of the, the research, especially our external research, made us aware was that people really didn't know what they would do if they came to work for us. Different for perhaps an engineer on a power station. Um, but some of the other stuff that we do, people are going, well, why is that any different to any of the other big engineering companies out there? Why, why you? Mm. Um, but so this gave us a great opportunity to, to provide that insight into who we were through our employee-led work. Um, and we utilized a lot of the social media channels for that um, and to really kind of, again, use that sort of advocacy uh, um, and, and brand ambassador piece to put people front and center um, to, to really provide that deeper insight into who we were as an organization. But obviously over time, the, the channels have changed quite a lot. So we still use you know, Facebook, but a lot of that's now more for sort of influencing parents and guardians than engaging directly with, with the target audience. Um, so, uh, you know, and we're doing more on Instagram, Snapchat. So we're kind of moving into those areas. And yes, we still do, um, we don't really do much print, but we're still on, on you know, on, on job boards as well. But, but I, I would say that that's a different arm to what we're doing. That's more the, you know, let's just get the, the indication of the job that's needed, uh, but using the other platforms to provide that deeper insight into who we are and, and really trying to put our proposition forward in front of people. Yeah, yeah, great. And uh, in terms of uh, measuring return on investment mm. or the, the success of the, the employer brand, uh, it's a it's a tricky topic, but uh, how do you guys do it, and uh, what, what would you recommend our listeners to, to look at? Again, I mean that that's for me. It's it's a very difficult one. Um, I will answer it, but my huge caveat is what I found is that I not changed, but I have a, a range of of different measurements yep. depending upon who I'm talking to within the company. Um, you know, clearly there are hiring managers who are saying, you know, I don't care about what you're doing 
on all your social media bits and pieces or what your brand's saying or what your proposition is, have you got me the right people? Yeah. Now, obviously, what does the right people mean? Um, but for them, it's, you know, how quickly can you fill a role? But I feel that because our employer brand team actually doesn't sit directly with our recruitment team, mm. that, that, you know, that's, we can only do so much. And then, you know, then the transactional operational piece is, is, is down to them. But I think one of the, one of the key ones that we first brought in was around the numbers. We didn't want our work to be creating more applications into jobs. Um, if anything, we wanted the, the numbers to, to drop. Right. What we wanted was a higher quality of person applying for these roles. Yeah. Um, so if we had fewer people applying, but those that did were, were absolutely right for the role and for the company, then that was an indicator that we were doing the right thing. Now, how do you test that? We were really looking at um, looking at kind of ratios of those who, who apply, those who we feel could go to first interview, of those second interview, et cetera, et cetera. And if we kept that percentage or that ratio strong, that gave a fairly good indication that we were we were recruiting and or, or attracting, sourcing the right people to start with. Yeah. Um, so that was one area. Um, obviously, retention is is another. Mm. Um, so we did a lot of work around um, well, what were some of the issues in the past, you know, are, were there particular parts of the organization where we were losing people very quickly within a 12, 24-month period? Um, and then keeping a track on that to see, well, because we weren't great at exit interviews. So we knew people were going, but we didn't quite know why. Um, so what we had to try and look at was when we were replacing those, and okay, we can't then look too much, but how hopefully not how quickly but when were they you know were they staying with us fundamentally now yeah. that's an ongoing piece of work because you know another two years we need to check it and another two years we need to check it but i think the trying to limit or reduce churn is 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 a big one for us um we also have diversity and inclusion very much front and center in terms of what we do as an organization yeah um and Again, you know, and yes, sure, through through a lot of our imagery, we can we can try and show that we, you know, especially when it comes to engineering, whether it's gender, whether it's BAME, um, you know, we want to try and ensure that anybody feels that they can apply for, for our roles. Um, so we do uh, look where we can and we ask where appropriate for people at that application stage to, to give us an understanding of, well, actually, are we increasing uh, the percentage, perhaps, of of females coming in applying for for uh, engineering roles, as an example, yeah. or people from a BAME background. Um, and again, you know, it, it's just trying to ensure uh, we're not into a world of, of of quotas or targets, but very much trying to ensure that as an organisation, people, anybody, feels that they could apply for these jobs. So, if we can continually see an, an increase uh, in 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 female engineers people from a BAME background coming into the company. For us, that's a, a good a good indicator. And we do a lot of work internally from a retention point of view um, as well. Um, so that's another way that we do, we do look at it. Yes, there are, um, whether it's um, Universum looking at, at, at some of their, you know, but we do that through group. That seems to be very much done from a, led from, from a group point of view. But in terms of that, just that awareness of us as a brand. Mm. Um, but obviously, one of the one of the key things that we we have been looking at more recently um, is the employer brand index through Link Humans. Yay! Hooray! Um, and that and that's been. I mean, and, and I think what's been fascinating from for us, and this isn't a therefore everybody listening 
call up and get one. But it allowed us, going back to the point I made at the beginning of the question around it sort of depends, the measurement depends upon who in the organization is asking you what question. The results of the index was was so was so not broad in 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 a bad sense, but but covered so many key areas of the organization that it allowed us to paint a very detailed picture of life inside the organization, but also that perception of life, you know, of, of what are they saying about us outside? Mm. Because I think from our point of view, and, and I and I, you know, I have to go to, to the powers that be and talk about the fact that we're trying to create a an authentic and real vision of our organization externally. Um, how do we know that that's correct? Well, the index has been perfect for that because we can marry up the two. We can look at, well, what do people think of us in certain key areas? Yep. As an example, diversity and inclusion. Um, you know, Do they see us as an organization that will keep them fulfilled? We do have a strong work-life balance Etc. So we can pick out those areas, and whilst a lot of work is going in internally within to that, we can then reference this and see: well, is is that being met? Are, are those messages being understood? Are they landing? And are they translating into people being interested in us as an organisation? So that's been a, a great one. Not, and I think it's it's enabled us, it's enabled us to shift the conversation. We're not just going down to a single specific metric um, of you know well. How many people now stay with us for this period or that period? We can really be, uh, we can provide, a, a, well, you are now allowing us to provide a much richer seam of information about the organization uh, that paints a holistic picture, but can also be segmented up to, to talk to various parts of the organization that all really do input into what is life like at EDF Energy. Um, and so it, it continues to provide us with challenge, but confirmation that certain things that we're looking to do we are doing well um and and other things you know it, it's holding a mirror up to us and it's yeah. not saying you know well, well that's really miles away but it's making us think right actually you know what we thought we were doing well there uh, we just need to dial that up a wee bit more um so from that point of view it's been it's been invaluable um so yeah, we, we, we do use it a lot now to try and get away. As I say, it enables us not to just put a figure on a spreadsheet and just say, look, we're now doing this. You know, we're away from time to hires, cost for hires. Yes, that's obviously important. It could be bring those metrics out. But if we can look almost at the, the health of the ecosystem that we work within, this is what the index allows us to do um, and, and provides us with that opportunity to, to be a bit more targeted in terms of seeing well, okay, we do need to continue working on that, but we need to ramp it up in this area or that area as well. So um, the reception it's had within the business from people who traditionally may not get the employer branding piece, it, it's helped us land that uh, much more clearly, I think. Good stuff. I'm really happy to hear that. Right, so um, lots of employer brand managers are listening to this right now. Mm. And my question is always, what would be your top tips to mm. them? Based on your experience. Gosh, okay. Um, I've got many. It's the scars on my back. I mean, I think... I, I think, I mean, I, everything I try and do or everything we try and do within the organization is rooted very much in that, in that authenticity piece. 
I think if you try and create something, yes, it needs to be aspirational to people wanting to come and work there. But if, if you if you tip too far in one way, it's you know people are gonna people aren't stupid. Um, and yes, you may get them coming through the door, but they're not going to stay, and they're going to suddenly go, "Hang on, this is reality. This is what you, in effect, sold us, and the two don't marry." So I think taking time to really understand what is the authentic beating heart of your organization and represent that accurately is, is absolutely key. And the thing is, that doesn't sit still. Uh, and so, uh, and, and even within the, the last, where are we, four, five, six years, we're now, we're now kind of almost going back through the cycle where whilst we were trying to bring EDF into one, into one kind of uh, holistic piece, yeah we're starting to segment back out again. Oh. And we're starting to have slightly different needs in slightly different parts of the organization. And so, and that's fine. And we can kind of look after that and control that. But it means that we've got to try and continually try and find, well, why is that happening? Therefore, are we changing what we're saying about this? You know, don't just assume that once you've done it, it's fine. And that's, and that's you know, forever good. Continually go in, keep testing it, keep changing it if needs be. Uh, it's a living, breathing thing. It's people. You know, and, and therefore, you know, don't don't just assume that it's all it's all fine because you did it a few years ago. Um, it's always a case of, of of wanting to try and engage with 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 the right people. I think I think, but you know, you've got to yes, having a, a great stakeholder map and engaging with all the right people within the organisation is 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 key and it's and it's very important. But I think also having the courage and the conviction in your own beliefs and your own understanding and saying, look, I do know what I'm doing here. And yes, I will engage and I will get people's opinions, but actually then trying to run through it, because especially in a very large organization, um, things can get diluted quite quickly. Um, and I think sometimes being able to, to stand up and say, you know, have the courage of your conviction in something and try and push something through. And yes, if it doesn't work, you know, then then you have to take it on the chin. But these things happen. So I think own it and 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 run with it and 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 see where it goes is 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 always helpful um what well, i mean they're probably all screaming at them you haven't mentioned this and you haven't mentioned that um i mean i think it's i mean again from our point of view you know we we've tried you know we're not and again i can see the eyebrows of of my colleagues raising as soon as i mention this but we're not trying to be, in our point of view, massively different, hugely pioneering, perhaps in where we deploy it or how we deploy it. You know, there are so many shiny new things that we could jump into and yeah. go, you know what, let's go into, you know, AI or let's go into this or that. And yeah, it'll come. And, and for some, why not? But where we are and from what we're doing and, and, and how I want to approach it is making sure that, that what we do, we do very well. And there is a danger that, you know, with especially in our organization, it's not a big employer brand team. It's a big company, but not a not a big brand team. We we could be spread very thin. And so I think it's trying to ensure before you move on to the next shiny object that you think, well, that might win me an award, or you know, that might get this or that. Actually, what is it doing for you as a company? And is it actually hitting the the right thing? You know, there is no point heading into the world of of, of, of Snapchat, as an example, if you're trying to recruit nuclear scientists, you know, you, you've got to just, you know, yes, one thing might be exciting and new, but don't head into it until there's a massive rationale behind it. Mm. So it might look as if, therefore, as a company, you're not pioneering or, or, or leading the charge. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean you're not doing the right things very, very well. So um, just keep sense checking and have somebody good in your team that that pulls you up occasionally and says, just let's not run here if we need, don't need to. Because um, I think there is a danger sometimes in our world of you know, wanting to be the person on stage talking and receiving an award for this, that, and that's great. Yeah. But, but you know, let's let's actually do right from the people we're trying to employ and bring in and help with a career, because fundamentally that's what we're there to do. It's a people business, and I think that, um, and actually, as, and my final piece on that, I think that that's another tip, and it's not a tip; it's more of a question that perhaps I don't know people can then get back in touch and, and inquire. But I think yeah. one of my concerns is the more we use uh, technology to help with everything to do with recruitment, um, the more we lose that human instinct. Uh, And that, to me, is a concern. And yes, I know that there are certain pieces where it will help and it will benefit. Um, uh, The the discussions around chatbots will go on till the cows come home. Some will have a great case where it says it works. Um, and there's a chap that I, I know will probably be listening who who has done great work in that. Um, and, but, but I just think that there is a danger that we lose, you know, it's fundamentally people dealing with people and we can't move away from that. Um, so, but if, if somebody can prove me otherwise, I'd be happy to hear. Um, but I think it's important that, um, that we keep it deep seated in, in, in human interactions and, and yeah, bring in technology where we can, but let's just see where that takes us, I think. Absolutely. So if people want to get in touch, where can they find out, first of all, more about your work and uh, can they find you on social media and how can they connect? They can. So um, if they want to find out more about about us, anything to do with EDF Energy, so whether that's edfenergy.com, EDF Energy Careers, Facebook, Twitter um, and, and LinkedIn. Myself, I'm on all of the above. So um, predominantly um, Twitter. Um, so at Neil W Daily, um, that's where we see your charity run sometimes. Yes, yeah. so I do. I do quite a bit on 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 that side. Of, don't want to go into my charity work, of course, but um, yes. So anything to do. It's usually marathon time. I'll, I'll kind of drag that out and uh, and beg for <laughs> beg for funds. Um, so I'm on there. I'm on on LinkedIn, um, and I would be absolutely delighted if people got in touch, even if they were just to lambast me for everything that I've just said and told me that it's. It's, it's not right and we should be looking at this and we should be looking. I'm always happy to hear more, learn more, be challenged. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of um, uh, where, where I am in that uh, social media space. Less so Facebook, unless you want to see pictures of my dog. Um, yeah, but LinkedIn, Twitter, please get in touch. Um, and through, through work, uh, you can find me through Neil Daly at, um, at EDF Energy. Great. Thank you so much for your time today, Neil. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Okay, there you have it, folks. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast at employerbrandingpodcast.com. And it's, of course, available on iOS, SoundCloud, and other places where you can find podcast programming. And if you, just like EDF Energy, are interested in measuring and improving your employer brand, do feel free to check out the Employer Brand Index. So that's employerbrandindex.co. Or ping me direct and I can show you a sample report and talk everything through. 
That is it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and look forward to catching up with you next time. Hey! Why don't cows wear flip-flops? No idea. Because they lack toes.